For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will reward each according to what he has done. Cause and effect, work and rewards. That's basically how life works, right? It is. We have to admit it. We can, we can think of many different things. I think of a story my, my daughter told me. Swim practice started a couple of weeks ago, and, and every year uh, around this time with preseason, the coach does this speech. Okay, this next workout is really going to stretch you, meaning you're going to wish you were dead, but whatever you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. Like, my daughter's a senior. She can basically mimic him the entire time as he's giving this speech to terrify the seventh graders. But it's true, right? It's basically no pain, no gain. Everyone can remember that, right? You work hard, really, really hard, and then you're going to get something out of it. Or, or we, could, we could take it a different direction. I, I was thinking of contracts, right? You get a contract. They're going to pay you for some sort of service, some sort of good. They receive that from you. You get paid. You make something. You receive something from it, vice versa. Or I think of school. Grades, right? You do something. You, you work hard. You study. You, or you don't. And you receive recompense for that. Or when we're in elementary school, even more importantly, the gold stars. Anybody remember? Do they still do gold stars? I don't know. I like the gold stars. You keep track of them. They're nice and shiny. It's not like the grades that you have to wait till the end. You can look. I've got ten gold stars so far. All right? Or it used to be Sunday school uh, attendance. How many remember that? You'd have the board up on the wall in my in my dad's church. You have the board up on the wall, and there'd be little stars next to every Sunday that you were in church, and you were proud especially being the pastor's kid, that everyone was full. I'm good. I'm awesome. But you'd get a gold star. If this, then that. That's usually how we live our lives. Or we could take it negatively, do the crime, do the, the time, right? Someone does one thing and then they receive something else in its place. Basically, we live by karma, right? Put out good energy. You receive good things back. Thank you, Oprah. Right? That's, that's how the majority of the world lives. It's how the majority, of, how we even think about things, rewards and recompense. Even today in our society, we, we, we use this word justice, and it actually terrifies me as a pastor because most of us think of justice, and what do we think of? More often than not, we think of vengeance, retribution. They're going to get what they deserve kind of a thing. Eye for an eye, even though Jesus tells us not to. Or even, even with our reading this morning from, from Romans, if you heard it from Roxy, what did it say? Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes, if possible, as far as it depends on you. Live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's Wrath, because it is written, vengeance belongs to me, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in so doing, you'll be heaping fiery coals on his head. That's basically counterintuitive to what we usually think. Most of us uh, can remember as a kid, if your sibling hit you, what did you do? You hit him back. Usually, you hit him back and then run to mom and say, so-and-so hit me! I'm a parent. I know how it works. 
completely anachronistic to think that you would accept blows from somebody maybe suffering for Jesus. But we take that and then we turn it into a theology for ourselves where most of us have prayed this prayer before. God, if you will do this, I promise dot, dot, dot. And then what usually happens? How often have we received whatever it is that we've tried to bargain God with? If you'll do this, then I will do such and such. Or something bad happens to somebody, usually we'll think, well, they didn't do such and such, or they really must have made God mad. And so we live by this idea of karma, and our theology unfortunately gets tainted by it. Well, this morning the good news is that Christ comes to actually be the cause and the effect. Hebrews actually tells us this. He says he's the author and finisher of our faith, that he's the beginning and the end for us. And I have to ask you to bear with me for just a second because we're going to do a little bit of grammar. For those of you students, it's this thing we used to study about how to construct sentences and things. Yes. Um, For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will reward each according to what he has done. We read this verse, and what do we think? We think, okay, Jesus is going to come back. We confess that every Sunday, right? He's going to come again to judge the... Come on, this is confirmation. Living in the dead, right? We, we think, okay, he's going to come back, rewards, give to each of what he has, he has done. And that's how we think of it. Cause and effect, works and rewards, right? That's how we think about it. But who's the subject of the sentence? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels. The glory of his Father. He's the subject. He's the doer of the verbs, right? That's what a subject is. It's like the batter bats the ball. That's the only way I've ever been able to remember it. My mom is an English teacher, and it's still the only way. She hates it that that's the only way. Batter bats the ball. The batter's the subject. The ball is the indirect object. The, you know, bats, you know. He's the doer of the verbs. He's the, he's the one coming. He's the one rewarding. He's the one doing all these things. He's the possessor of the things, right? His angels, his father. And the indirect object, well, that's to each each person, however you want to term it. The one that's, that's receiving something, right? The one that's being acted upon is this, is this object. And it's being done according to the praxis. This, this word in the Greek, it's the same word that we use to translate the acts of the apostles. According to the acts, and, and our translations usually say to what he has done, or our NRSV really murders the translation, says what has been done, completely takes the personal out of it. But the problem is, is that the sentence ends with a possessive pronoun, ends in a genitive in the Greek, genitive meaning the possession of something. And the problem is, is I went back and I looked and it said it's a subjective genitive. What does that mean? What does the genitive belong to? Does it belong to the object or the subject? So we read the sentence, correctly we would say, according to the acts of the Son of Man. Does that change anything? Instead of to what he has done, meaning maybe what I have done, my works, what does it change? It means he's going to come and he's going to reward each according to what Jesus has done. Hmm. 
For me personally, I see that as a game changer because what it says is that he's going to come and reward us according to the things that he has done. What does it mean? It means all my gold stars mean nothing. Absolutely nothing to Jesus. All my gold stars, all those times that I didn't miss Sunday school now, I'm like, dude, I could have been home watching football. Dang it. Or lists. We're really good at lists, especially in the church. We, we even have one in our, in our Romans 12 reading this morning. We, we get these lists and we say, well, these, these are Christian things that we do. These are the things we're supposed to be do, doing if we're a good Christian. Then over here, oh, these are the things we better avoid or we're going to get in trouble. We don't want to deal with these. And so we create this list. And we have the little gold stars waiting for people who, who are able to fulfill, fulfill this list but the problem is, is that that list or those gold stars, they become the thing that we rip Jesus down from the cross and we put those gold stars, we put that list up there and Jesus is sitting here going, huh? What about me? All our good and all our bad are found in him and we receive him. Why? Well, Jesus comes to us and he's, gives us a picture of what discipleship looks like. Unfortunately, most of us have been raised in a world in which we think Jesus came to make bad people good, which is not the case. He actually came to make dead people alive. That is his goal. That is his work. And he gives it to us first by absolutely destroying Peter. If you remember from last week, Peter's the one who says, well, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And then Jesus says, oh yeah, and by the way, what does that look like? Oh, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be condemned, convicted, nailed to a cross, and die. And then I'm going to rise again. And what does Peter do? <gasps> no! You're a good guy. You're good. You're holy. You're the son of the living God. Do you, do you hear that, Jesus? The living God. That means you can't die. That's not right. Holy people don't die. They don't suffer. Those are for sinful bad people. And Jesus goes, hold my beer. Just take a look, just for a second, just watch, Peter. He says, it's actually worse. He says, get behind me, Satan. The same person that he says, yeah, yeah, you're the rock, but then now he's telling him Satan. Get behind me, Satan. And then he blows up everything we could ever possibly understand about cause and effect because he says, if anyone wants to follow me, the effect being the following, let him do what? Deny himself. The word means not to recognize yourself. Not to know yourself. Not to give of yourself any credit whatsoever. To, to reject yourself. Wish to know nothing of yourself. Basically us not existing and then we're told to take up our cross. Well, what is a cross? What was the purpose of the cross? Jewelry? No. Death. Right? If you were sentenced to death and you were going to be nailed to the cross, things were not going to go well. And then Jesus says, follow me. Well, at this point in the story, where is he going? He's going to Jerusalem. And what's in Jerusalem? Calvary. Because then he solidifies it by saying, those of you who want to save your lives, you're going to lose them. Actually, the Greek word is even stronger than lose. It means destroy. They're going to be gone. This attempt to try and hold on to our gold stars, to hold on to all these things that we think should make us good in God's eyes. And Jesus says, no, those, throw those away. I'm it. I'm all there is for you. 
I'm the enough for you, he says. Because then he says, those of you who lose your life, destroy him because of me. All because of Christ will find life in him. And then then there's this one beautiful question. I love it. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits his life or his soul? Basically, every time I read that sentence, I think everyone should have to read the book of Ecclesiastes every year. Because Solomon, who had everything, said life sucks. He had everything and more than that. And he said, there's something missing. As a pastor, sometimes, probably once a month, I'll go walk through a cemetery. I'm kind of weird that way. In part because, especially up in in Nevis where I live, I I can go and visit the people that I've buried because I know that they're still there. Resurrection hasn't come yet, so I know where to find them. But if you've ever walked through some of the, the, the older cemeteries for like the rich people, like Lakewood down in Minneapolis, you go and you find these mausoleums, right? Built of granite and, and marble, you know, spent hundreds of thousands of dollars for a place to hold their dust, to hold their bones. And you sit here and you go, wow, spent all that money. What did it get you? A really nice place to decay. This mausoleum. And Jesus here is saying, okay, so you gain the whole world and then you die. What do you get out of it? But then he comes to us and he tries to make sure that we understand that he's here to give us life, to reward us because of the things that he has done. Because the problem is is that with our lists, with our gold stars, when do we know things are enough? When we read this list from Romans 12, where it it talks to us about showing hospitality, it talks to us about not lacking in diligence and doing zeal, being fervent in the Spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, being patient in affliction, being persistent in prayer. How do we know when we finally made it? When we've finally done enough? When we've finally shown all of it? And Christ coming with his rewards of what he has done, basically saying, well, this is enough. A dead, dying Jesus on a cross for you. That's the enough. Because the reality is is we can look back in history and we can go, you want to know how I know that I'm enough for God? Because I look at 2,000 years ago on a hill outside Jerusalem, Jesus Christ died. And now that tomb is empty. And he's come to give me life from things that can't give me life the things that I feel like I've lost in the last six months of this pandemic, what has happened is that Christ has become more. I wonder if that's the case for you. Because so much has been taken away from us that we thought was life, and yet Christ remains. The word is still proclaimed to you. The hopes and the promises of the gospel still abide for you. The truth of the scriptures still stand for you is true of this Christ who's come to raise the dead. And that gives us freedom. Because we can look at that list from Romans 12, and the freedom that we have in Christ is that there's no list to say, well, this is how you show hospitality. Or this is how you have to be persistent in prayer, follow this rubric. Instead, the freedom that we receive in Christ is that there isn't a list. There's no check marks that you have to put down to follow. Instead, Christ says, just look to me. 
Rest in me, receive from me, and I will be enough for you. Thanks be to God. Amen.